Welcome to the Two Tokens podcast, which is a public project financed by the European Union in response to the COVID-19 pandemic. During these episodes, we will discuss everything token-related. Here, you'll find discussions about topics such as token business models, the underlying technology stack, token governance, but also more mainstream topics such as NFTs. Does this sound interesting to you? Then make sure to keep listening and enjoy. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to the Two Tokens podcast. My name is Alex Bausch. I'm the chairman of this uh, foundation. And I have in the studio today, Dion Bongaerts and Olivier Ricke, the co-captains of the Euro Stablecoin Working Group. Welcome, Dion. You've been here before. Yes, I have. Yeah, you, can you introduce yourself uh, quickly? Of course. Uh, I'm Dion Bongaerts, Associate Professor of Finance at the Rotterdam School of Management of Erasmus University. Uh, over there, I'm uh, also Academic Director of the FinTech Expert Practice at the Erasmus Center for Data Analytics. And I'm uh, part of Two Tokens, uh, the Research Council there, uh, and member of several uh, use case groups. Yeah, and you've been here from the start, so uh, you're a founding member, if you will. And the other founding member, a person that I've worked with uh, for a better part of four or five years, is Olivier Ricke. Welcome, Olivier. He's my... Uh, Together we're on the board of, of Two Tokens, and today you're here in your capacity as co-captain of... Yeah, of co- co-captain of the, of, the, of the working group, indeed. Um, so, uh, yeah, thank you very much. My name is Olive Rikke. i um, been active in the blockchain space on various elements for a very long time already. Um, uh, uh, running one of the largest blockchain companies in the Netherlands together with uh, Jeroen and with Richard. Uh, but also being involved in two tokens right from the beginning. Um, being a member of the board, uh, heading the research part. Um, and and thus also uh, picking up this Euro stablecoin working group. And besides that, uh, like Dion, I'm also affiliated to a university. And in my case, it's the uh, University of Technology of Delft, uh, where I do research towards the governance of decentralized autonomous organizations. And besides that, I'm doing tons of other stuff in the blockchain space. So that's uh, that's me. So tokenizing DAOs, Olivier, that's what we're going to spend another session <laughs> on. And uh, this is going to be very, very interesting. Today, um, the purpose for today, for uh, the list, for the people who come in and listen to this podcast more often, is to uh, announce uh, the new working group and also share with you uh, uh, the reason why we're doing this. Um, the uh, as, as you've come to know from us, you know we uh, we really uh, want to do things that are close to adoption. So. Uh, it's great that we have universities here. Academics are very important, but what's even more important is that we uh, see how this is used by society, by people. I always ask the question, how is my mother-in-law going to use this, right? And um, the thing is, we have several working groups, uh, some of which you may or may not know, but the working groups that we are doing today are the working group on tokenizing energy, we have a working group on tokenizing invoices and um, and we have a working group on digital notary and uh, and stock. And um, some of these working groups are actually in production and also working groups uh, such as electronic bill of lading in the port, you know. Uh, but what they all have in common is that uh, this is 
going to be used and they have a need and they came to us uh, for a euro stable coin. And uh, Dion, you are actually uh, doing the research on some of these. How did that come to be? Uh, well, I remember having a session with uh, the banks and they said, well, let's have a euro stable coin. Let's just make one. Yeah, so an important reason that we wanted to do this was uh, we were working on the uh, invoice token and we noticed that there was a large inefficiency in uh, working out that business model. If we had to go from the regular monetary system to the decentralized finance system back to the uh, regular monetary system. That, that's inefficient. For that, you need all kind of trusted parties, extra facilities. Uh, and that would be much more efficient if you could do everything on the blockchain without having to do this so-called on-ramp and off-ramp. Um, and our project is not the only one for which this is the case. This is the case for many other um, projects. Consistently, you've seen, for example, in the US, where you have several large stablecoins, that these stablecoins have become kind of the prime medium of exchange in, for example, decentralized exchanges. A lot of that, uh, a lot of token trading goes through through USDT or USDC. Um, <clears throat> in Europe, that is uh, much less available. Uh, there's no sta euro stablecoin with really large volume that everybody agrees on. That's a standard uh, stablecoin. So we wanted to investigate why that was the case. Uh, and what should be do what should be done in order to get there? Okay, and uh, but I don't think we are the kind of people who just investigate. Uh, Olivier, you work uh, with a lot of uh, banks and uh, companies, and among others, Central Bank uh, in the Caribbean. And so, uh, having sat into one of these uh, working groups meetings, uh, it was suggested that we actually build this stablecoin. And we tag it to one of these smaller central banks. Can you elaborate? Yeah, absolutely. What um, what we are uh, trying to do um, uh, for mostly, and that's the that's the first goal of the Euro Stablecoin uh, Working Group, is actually um, based on solid research and uh, choices that we want to make to make sure that we are in line with regulatory requirements, but also with requirements of. Uh, can uh, such a stablecoin be scalable in a sustainable way, etc.? Uh, not only having this as a theoretical exercise, but also start building it and uh, building it uh, in order to make sure that we can start testing it in the various use cases uh, within the two tokens um, uh, use cases uh, so that we can really start measuring the um, uh, the added value, the um, added uh, efficiency gains um, that such a stablecoin can give in these cases, uh, on top of the tokenizing of, for uh, for example, invoices, but that we also include the settlement in it in itself. So we can really start measuring how much more efficient it is. So we can share this with various central banks, but hopefully also with the European Central Bank um, and start showing them what the benefits are if we uh, introduce it like this way. 
And if that's successful, that we really uh, start looking at uh, if we are um, able to scale this uh, over the coming time as well uh, beyond the use cases. So it's a, um, first of all, a theoretical exercise, making it into practice, uh, really testing it, getting test results and see if we can start scaling it from there. So that is really the primary goal of this uh, Euro stablecoin working group that we have within two tokens. So one thing I would like to add is that if you have such a stable coin, it acts as an enabler and amplifier for this whole ecosystem. It triggers various other initiatives that become more feasible because such a stable coin is there. So it will probably propel the developments and the innovation in the decentralized finance and blockchain space. And so how does this relate to what the central banks, the ECB and the Federal Reserve are trying to do? You know, they are also looking at, uh, well, I wouldn't call them stable coins, but more digital euros or CBDCs. Yeah, they're looking at central bank digital currencies. Um, one reason that they are doing that was that Facebook came with the Libra, nowadays called uh, DM, and they were very concerned that commercial parties would come with a medium of exchange and transaction medium that had higher um, convenience than what they were offering, in which case they would lose part of their monetary power uh, and would make it much harder to steer economy uh, if needed. So th that was one of the reasons that the central banks also started to develop started to develop central bank digital currency and another reason is that uh, in the global financial crisis we saw that uh, lehman brothers blew up that almost led to the collapse of the entire western financial system um, and it was not much of a backup for that if you have central bank digital currency then people have the opportunity of having an account directly with the central bank, backed by the central bank. Um, and that can serve also as a backup financial infrastructure in case a large part of the financial sector blows up. So uh, in your view, uh, you know, a public uh, digital currency or a public uh, stable coin, if you will, and a private stable coin, as we are trying to do here, can really live really in the same ecosystem. Uh, that depends. That depends. If the if the public stablecoin is unlimitedly available, there would be very little space for a private stablecoin, because private stablecoins tend to be one way or the other uh, to a certain degree unstable, uh, in the sense that you can uh, get a run to the exit, just like a bank run. Uh, it depends on how they are structured, uh, but in almost any setup, there is a very at least a very small probability that uh, that it collapses. <coughs> With a central bank backed uh, digital euro or digital dollar, uh, that risk is much and much lower. Now the problem is that if a central bank starts offering that, then anyone, everyone wants to have an account with the central bank, and that can lead to the demise of the regular financial sector. Um, Moreover, a central bank, like any government type of organization, is not best at serving commercial roles. 
um, <coughs> so the banks, the commercial banks, will be sm will become smaller and have a different role. Uh, will become smaller, have a different role. You probably get less innovation, uh, and and that's probably not what you want. So therefore, in the discussions about CBDC. Uh, there's a lot of talk about having caps or uh, segment constraints on the availability of a digital euro or digital dollar. So these two, in that case, can live next to each other. Uh, you can have within this cap for everyone, say max 10,000 euros per person, you can have CBDC. And for everything beyond that, and also for wholesale use, you can have a private stablecoin. So, um, Olivier, you two are very knowledgeable. You know, you're the co-captains. There's a lot of work to be done. But the team looks very impressive from uh, who've joined uh, the, the working group so far. Uh, can you uh, share some names? Uh, I know that ABN AMRO, Rabobank, some of the big banks in the Netherlands are part of this. Can you um, introduce uh, some uh, people of the team that uh, are, have or are already playing an important role here? Yeah, there are, there, are, there are various people that are playing an important role. And like you said, there are a couple of the big banks in the Netherlands are joining. Also, um, uh, the liaison for the Dutch Banking Association, who's also active in the Europe um, uh, initiative, is joining here as well. Uh, we have some of the top experts um, uh, in, the, um, in, in, in the cryptocurrency and, and token space here in the Netherlands uh, onboarding as well. People like uh, Bert Slachter is uh, thinking along and, and joining this as well. And various uh, tech companies also who are uh, interested in, in, in setting this uh, up or at least investigating on how this could be set up in itself. So yes, we do have a top team and, and uh, always uh, open to welcome, uh, welcoming more. Um, and uh, yeah, like you said, we have banks, we have tech people, we have very knowledgeable people who are really into the cryptocurrency and tokenization uh, space, uh, but also various universities, um, obviously uh, Rotterdam and Delft, like I mentioned, but also uh, from Amsterdam uh, that are joining. Um, so it's really an interdisciplinary team and um, uh, we are always open to, to people who can really add value to the team because we want to make it as interdisciplinary as possible because it's not a technical setup it's not an economical question it's not a legal question it's a combination of all these things if you want to make a very sustainable um uh, stable coin in itself and really bring it into market. and in 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 um, addition to what uh dion just said um uh, can it live next uh, to to or how does it differ or how does it relate to what central banks are doing Yes, they can live together. Uh, maybe a central bank digital currency is more feasible. Maybe the euro stablecoin um, um, is more feasible or euro uh, stablecoin or the token in itself is more feasible. But one of the things that we want to do, and that's why we want to do it in this way right now, is obviously to make it happen really fast so we can start measuring the added value um, uh, this year already. And um, if you look at the timelines that are presented so far by the central banks that are working on these um, uh, similar initiatives, these are more longer terms. Um, so it can take several years before we can really start using it. While we think 
if we can set it up in a sustainable way, meaning that the economics are right, that it's regulatory right and uh, techno uh, technologically solid, then we want to implement it as soon as possible to really show the world the efficiency gain that you can reach if you can do the settlements um, in, in any uh, transfer of assets or whatsoever using stablecoins in itself. And this is really one of the main goals, really start testing it as soon as possible to, to show the added value and to, to the length that Dion said already, that hopefully also triggers other people to say, hey, we see the added value now even more. So let's start thinking about new use cases, how we can use this in, 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 in other industries, in other processes, etc. Yeah, and it should be mentioned that the working group energy token sees uh, the best use uh, at this time for, for your stablecoin. And we uh, agreed that, that this would be the example that we tried to implement. And albeit that the energy token there is a shared asset and uh, not so much a uh, payment uh, of, of kilowatt hour in a token, but uh, nonetheless, they saw, especially in the onboarding and, and uh, of, con of clients, they saw the Euro stablecoin as a really big benefit. Uh, you know, uh, would be interesting to see how that will pan out. So uh, the, 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 the preparations are starting. You've had several... Uh, several um, uh, workshops internally and you're doing your first research. Um, when can we expect a public webinar that people can participate? Yeah, hopefully quite soon. Um, if you just uh, take a look at the, the phases of the working group in itself, uh, this first quarter we are really working on uh, getting the various scenarios of this table coin together. Uh, so how does the economic scenario look like, the regulatory scenario and, and a technical setup in itself, which um, we, uh, we want to set up a series of scenarios and then plot them against a series of criteria to see which is the most feasible to really start working on and start building it. Um, building this um, um, this token or this euro stablecoin shoots commands in Q2. So uh, the goal is then that in Q3 and Q4 we can start testing it um, in the various um, uh, use cases. That uh, one of them being the energy use case that you just mentioned in itself. So that is the uh, it's an ambitious timeline, but uh, we think it is feasible. Uh, so um, hopefully in a few weeks time when we uh, went through the scenarios and the decision of which scenario are we going to pursue to start building it uh, is something that we can start presenting in a webinar in a few weeks time. So that would be really nice. Pause. Um, so, uh, in the news this week, this, uh, this uh, recording dates March 10th, uh, it's very relevant, you know, there was some executive orders that came out of the White House this week. Um, looking uh, macroeconomic, uh, Dion, and uh, globally, you know, what, what do you think? This is perfect timing for a working group like this, huh? And uh, oh, absolutely, absolutely. What, um, 
what do you think the Americans are going to do? You know, cre create a, a stable coin that's dominate the world uh, called uh, the, the the dollar stable coin. Well, China did introduce its uh, central bank digital currency and basically forced through the back door people to use it uh, during the Olympics. Um, and now U.S. being always in tech competition with China, uh, want to join that race. Interesting. Um, uh, of all the, the stable coins that are uh, out there today, you know, whether it be uh, Tether or you know, USDC or whatever, I, I think 9 out of 10 uh, stable coins are tagged to the, to the dollar, mm -hmm. right? Uh, from uh, people in Europe, you know, we work with uh, the DEA, not to, you know, the Digital Euro Association, and we work with uh, other groups in, in France, that, and Olivier, so do you. We've all had this need for digital euro. Um, uh, how are we uh, uh, working with uh, uh, other members in, in Europe uh, on uh, integrating this? Are we, for instance, looking at MICA? Uh, can you comment on that, uh, Olivier? Yeah, good question. Uh, obviously, the, the best way to do is, is to, to be in close contact with uh, initiatives like the DEA, like the ITSA, uh, really working uh, with people who are in, in the various initiatives that are working on it right now, because a lot of things are still unclear. Um, it's, it's really hard to figure out, for example, what the effect of MICA is going to be. It, it, it's getting more and more clear, but um, uh, it's, it's not an effect yet. It's, it's going to be an effect in two years' time. So this cooperation with other initiatives is something we should really uh, keep on striving because uh, I think it's, um, it would be an illusion to think that you can set this up all by yourself. We're going to see uh, similar initiatives all around Europe and also outside Europe. So I think the, the, the cooperation and in the end also maybe the um, interoperability between these groups is something we should strive for in itself. But um, uh, first of all, let us focus on setting it up and really start testing it here and, 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 and showing the efficiency gain that you can uh, create by using a, a Euro stablecoin. Uh, and then if we can share the success with the rest of the um, initiatives, we can learn from each other and see how we go from there. So, so many of the use cases that we're doing right now are, of course, business to business, wholesale. Uh, how is this also going to help uh, my children and consumers to, uh, for instance, trade uh, digital assets or even cryptocurrencies? Uh, any comment on that? Yeah, well, actually, it's 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 uh, in the end, it, it it will help them as well because um, uh, it allows for new businesses to to uh, emerge in this case where we traditionally had to go through certain third parties to to set up certain services. Now we can start up setting these services using. For example, smart contracting, uh, where in the end the execution of a certain trade is being automated without the need of the third party to look at it anymore. And this is really where the added value can be because then the transfer of the value can go through the smart contracts, uh, where the smart contracts in themselves hold on to the value until certain 
um, uh, certain um, uh, goals are met or uh, that, 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 that it is a certain goal, goal that the transfer value can go on where traditionally we need certain trust third parties to um, have a look at it, look at it manually, etc. And this can all be automated. And as we can start to automate this, for example, the payout of certain subsidies or the payout of certain um, uh, money in a certain trade, etc. And we don't need these trusted third parties anymore. That really adds value to the fact that it can does be much cheaper in the end for an end consumer. But let's one step at a time uh, let's let's start with business to business also from a regulatory perspective that is a little bit more easy all in a relative perspective in this case because the consumers have a very much higher level of protection uh, due to regulations and rightfully so so let's start out with business to business to really show that it is fast, efficient, safe, and can adhere to all the regulatory requirements and then focus on what can it do to consumers. Yeah, if you read the executive order that Biden uh, set out this, this week, you know, the first three exec, you know, were kind of anti-crypto, you know, uh, you're protecting the, the consumer and, you know, uh, but the, the, you know, there's luckily also some other uh, executive orders uh, among them, uh, pr- you know, working with uh, on innovation and working with uh, m- market parties on making things possible. But uh, I hope that here in Europe with, uh, with the central banks and the ECB and the European Union, we can uh, be uh, as fast or, you know, as, as effective as, 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 as we need to be. Uh, you were going to also uh, comment on, 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 on my early question, Dion. Yeah, so uh, to follow up on uh, Oliver's answer, even if we don't introduce it for cost, uh, for retail uh, clients of, uh, of financial institutions or so, um, simply the fact that it's available in a business-to-business allows this, uh, the settlement of trades that always go through brokers in a much more efficient way, there's no counterparty risk on the on those trades that uh, you in the situation now do have. So if you can get that whole clearing and settlement of securities transactions more efficient, even if retail customers don't use stable coins, but all the business to business is done with uh, stable coins, the operational costs go down and retail customers have lower fees. Hmm. That sounds too good to be true. Now, w- when can we have it done? Well, guys, thank you for this uh, introduction. Uh, any last uh, messages or uh, call for actions uh, for the for the world, Olivier? Yeah, well, like, like I actually mentioned earlier, um, and if you think you can contribute to our working group, please contact us because that would be would be great. Um, we do have an interdisciplinary team. We really want to set it up, uh, taking all different angles into account, so an economical view, but also a regulatory view uh, and a technical view. 
uh, really combining this together. Uh, don't forget also the user friendliness and, and these kind of things that, that should be in place as well. So if you think you can, can contribute to our working group, please contact uh, either um, uh, myself, Dion, or you, Alex. And um, let's see if we can integrate you into the, the working groups. And if you have any lessons learned due to initiatives that you were involved in earlier uh, stages that look like the initiative that we are working on, we are also very willing to learn from other initiatives. So please let us know as well. Dion, any closing remarks? Any PhD students that might be interested in working in your university? Oh, oh many. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. Wrong question. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, thank you for today's session. Um, this was recorded March 10th. Um, in the meantime, a lot may have happened in the world. Uh, this is uh, an interesting times that we're living in. Uh, for two tokens, uh, we will continue the quest. Uh, later this uh, spring, we're going to be doing roundtable discussions on, uh, on, on the tokenization of society and legal regulatory questions. Be sure to come back to this uh, podcast channel. You can find us on uh, YouTube, uh, Spotify, any podcast channel that is out there. And uh, if you would like to learn more about uh, the working group and uh, the deliverables, uh, be sure to look at twotokens.org. Thank you and goodbye. That was it for today's podcast. Thank you for listening in and please subscribe so you don't miss out on our upcoming episodes. If you want to get in touch with us, you can find our contact details at www.twotokens.org.